toleration be the love before pride and exaltation be the love be the love you are listening to be the love to awaken our souls we are souls on the journey and our mission is to awaken all humans to a higher state of consciousness and live vibrantly as spiritual beings We are here to open up the conversation to heal, awaken, and connect ourselves and the planet to a higher vibration of love frequency. I am Stacey Musial. And I am Brenda Carey. And we are your co-hosts at Be The Love Podcast. Thank you for tuning in and ascending with us. It starts with you. Everything you need is within you. This is your time. This is Adrienne Elise of the Supernova Soul Tribe. This is Nicholas David Mann. Namaste. My name is Nistella Joy Davy. This is Ron Interpreter, and you're listening to Be the Love Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Be the Love to Awaken Our Souls. This episode is sponsored by Tom Palladino with Scalar Light. Sign up and receive your 30-day free Scalar Light healing at scalarlight.com. You can listen to our interviews with Tom and the amazing healing potential in episodes 73, 78, and 90. And I've personally been receiving the Scalar Light energy daily and have really noticed the shifts in my sleep with the chakra balancing, energy clearing, and nutrient support. It's also a beautiful gift that I've been able to provide for my family. And I am Stacey Musial. And I am Brenda Carey with our special guest, Clayton Q. Terry. We are your co-hosts and souls on the journey. We would like to thank our Patreon supporters for allowing this weekly conscious conversation. And we are so grateful for all the support we have received with monthly donations on Patreon, the five-star written reviews on iTunes, and the connection within our Awakening Souls Facebook community. We are on a mission to raise the consciousness of humans and the planet, and we need your help. Please spread the word to your family and friends and join us every week. And if you like what you hear, support us in a way that raises your vibration to love. And if it feels safe for you, I'd like to begin to invite you to get centered with us. I'd like to begin by inviting you to take a beautiful cleansing breath in through your nose and out through your mouth, releasing anything that is keeping you from being present. And take another breath in through your nose. Breathing in calm, peaceful, loving energy and breathing out anything you are ready to release in this now moment. And take one more breath into your nose, breathing in light and love for yourself. And imagine breathing that light and love and send it back to all of humanity, remembering that you always, always have your breath to come back to. Our guest today is Clayton Cuteri. Clayton has been questioning his life from a very young age. Everyone commented on how amazing his life was, but he didn't feel it. It was as if people enjoyed hearing about it more than he enjoyed living it. And after facing many trials and tribulations with his mind, meditating, and two distinct psilocybin therapies, Clayton connected with himself. Well, at least he began to connect. And in connecting with himself, it showed him how to connect with others. It opened his eyes to the vast amounts of pain and suffering in this world. He's now on a mission to help rid the world of as much suffering as he possibly can. The only way he knows how, by connecting with people. Once realizing he was finding incredible depth in the conversations with his friends around spirituality and consciousness, his podcast was born called Traveling to Consciousness a raw, uncut, uncensored podcast for the ages. He listens to his intuition and is now pursuing his podcast as a boom or bust and traveling the world in the process. Thank you so much for being here with us today, Clayton. I appreciate you uh, ladies having me and what an amazing opening. I love everything about it from the conscious conversations to having a little breathing exercise to get nice and centered. So we're so curious. Can you tell us about your journey and just what has led you down your spiritual path? Absolutely. And 
I'm going to try to give you the, the short, <laughs> the shorter version, just so you guys have, you can pick out whatever you want. I mean, growing up, you know, I, my first, you know, kind of thing I ever wanted to be was kind of like a sports athlete. I was going to be like a tri sport, you know, professional athlete, you know, baseball, football, basketball was the plan, but a lot of kind of unworthiness kind of crept in from, you know, the voices around me, parents playing their little internal politics games. And, you know, I, all this stuff that I never even really realized was having impact on me until much later in my life. You know, there was also some sexual trauma whenever I was younger that also I kind of like knew was wrong, but never really came to a place of saying to myself, okay, that's like holding you back in life. I never realized that it was actually preventing me from connecting with people. It always had me in this space of kind of questioning. And it was almost like the logical mind trying to figure out like the subconscious mind, you know, it's kind of like asking a flower to tell you what it is. You know, it's kind of this weird nuance of trying to describe, you know, the world of mysticism, you know, only using, you know, numbers or something like that. Yeah. And so then I just started questioning life. And, you know, in the intro, I even found myself being a software engineer bachelor degree, software engineer uh, for a company out in San Diego, California. I had two beaches within a 30 second walk of my house. And every time I was telling people what I did for a living, you know, writing state of the art code for, you know, drones, you know, the big military drones, people's eyes would light up and they're like, that's so cool. That's so sick. Oh my gosh, you live right here. You, you live this close to two beaches. And yet there was still this feeling of, you know, just the it factor was missing. It was like, just exactly how you read it off. It was like, I was telling people and they were getting more enjoyment hearing it than I was actually living it. And, you know, as time went on, it came to this impasse of me becoming just emotionally exhausted from my job. Like it was just, it was kind of banging your head against a wall. They're trying to push a boulder up a hill where you're just getting exhausted. And, you know, I finally realized I needed to quit my job. I didn't have a plan whatsoever decided to start recording the conversations with people, then found that I was having the best conversations or the most connected conversations with people in this spirituality and consciousness space, at which point I did a quick rebrand and traveling to consciousness was born. And so I've been just engaging in that. And the last nine, 10 months of my life have been the most profound mystical months of my entire life. And, you know, it's, it's kind of weird to say, but you know, like I almost live now with the feeling of like, if, if, if it was all to end tomorrow, like it was, I, I did it. Like I kind of got to that place I was looking to get, but even at the same time, there's the flip of the token. That's like, you know, I'm so grateful for each day now because I, I can see so many, many, so many like little mini miracles within each day. And so that's what's brought me to be the love podcast. <laughs> Thank you for sharing a little bit about your story. It sounds like that was quite the journey to get to where you are now. And you mentioned, you know, maybe a lot of those feelings of unworthiness coming up and, you know, in the beginning. And I'm wondering how that shifted for you as you started coming into this space. And, and I know you talk some, you know, a lot about quantum healing and the quantum perspective. And how would you say that? that has shifted for you and how has the quantum perspective helped with that? It's an excellent question. And if we're coming from a place of quantum physics, I'm not sure the level of awareness, but let's assume that people have a general idea through the idea of like kind of quantum entanglement, essentially everything that occurs is interlocked with everything else. So as I'm speaking all these words, it's having an effect on every single other atom in the universe at the same amount of time. Combine this with kind of the idea of time being an illusion, which hopefully people are somewhat aware, but if not, you know, the, the general premise is, is that, you know, your mind can never, your body can never be in the future or the past. Those are kind of illusions that we create within our mind of how things played out or occurred. And we remember things completely different. So like, as an example, if all three of us were to get into a car and kind of drive down through a through a little small town or something, we all have our own preconceived notions of the things that we're going to see. You know, maybe maybe Stacy sees that there's all these dogs and it's because that you've been wanting a dog for so long that you notice every single person with a dog and so you could tell every single dog that had a breed and you know Brenda is in a situation where 
her car is having problems. So she sees every single mechanic as we drive through this town. And then, you know, you have, maybe it's me where, you know, there's, I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think you get the picture with two people though. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what I, if what I would be thinking about, maybe it's like a lawn service, you know, and, and my weeds are bad on my house. Like all the grass is a mess. And so I'm looking at all the grass and trying to find all the flaws in it or all this different stuff. And we get to the end of that town. And then all of us are asked, you know, what did you think of the town? You know, we're going to have all different opinions. Stacy's going to talk about the dogs. Brenda's going to talk about the, I lost my train of thought. What's car Brenda going to talk about? Car mechanics. <laughs> <The> car mechanics. <laughs> uh, exactly. And I'm going to talk about the lawn services. And so with this coming back into the frame, our perception, even of the past, you know, that journey through that town is completely different. So, you know, we're all right at the same time, even though we had a completely different perception of what happened, we're all correct. But now we're interpreting it after the fact, you know, we're asked in this quote unquote present moment, which is after going through that town. And we're saying, well, what did you experience? So to kind of wrap this all together, especially with the unworthiness, you kind of take on these energies from the people around you. And you're not really sure how to interpret it when you're a kid, you kind of just accept the life that it is. And you accept the words kind of that they had and it gets stored up in your body because we're these multi-dimensional creatures that all of the information that we possibly know could not possibly be stored just in our physical brain. It's, you know, from an anatomic perspective, impossible, but even more so essentially gets trapped in our body. And so you were asking about the unworthiness. Well, it was something that, you know, was, I'm not even aware of, right? Because if we're going through that town and I don't even care about the dogs, I have no need to get a dog. I don't even know if there were any dogs in that, in that town whatsoever, you asked me, I was like, I, I don't know. I didn't see any. I was just looking at the lawns or lawn services. So it's this kind of this chicken and egg situation you find yourself in. What really kind of set my brain kind of to have this like aha moment was I was in a jujitsu tournament and it was the championship round. And I was in the position, I was in a let's say a finishing position where it's kind of supposed to win or like, I don't know how to articulate it if people don't know, but you know, I'm in a, in a very advantageous position where I should relatively be able to finish the match and win pretty quickly. And what happened was, is my brain just shut down. Like it just kind of turned off. And within the next 10 seconds, you know, this guy has a crazy reversal and ends up submitting me. And this wasn't the first time that it happened. And Another little life lesson is like, if you're not learning from these lessons in life, and I think I actually just saw this, or I just put this on my TikTok today, was that if you're not learning these lessons, if life is going to put lessons at you, and if you're not learning from that suffering, then it's going to keep throwing them back at you. So this is not the first jujitsu tournament where I've made it to the finals and lost. I actually have made it to the finals in every single tournament, except for one, but that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> In every single one, but I kept like my kept, my brain kept freezing up like this in this situation. So kind of what I did, and this is a part of what I teach is you kind of sit there with that emotion, that emotion of what was I feeling in that moment? What was I feeling in that moment of, you know, being about to submit this guy and then my brain pausing and I kind of, you know, meditation is great for this. And so you sit there and you're like, okay, where's that feeling? Where's that emotion? And you try to pinpoint it in your body. And it's not like a forceful pinpoint. It's more just like, okay, where are you? Tell me where you're at. And the more you pay attention to it, the more you can find like this exact point within your body in space. And the next goal is, is what you'll notice is that you start having these like recollection of memories where it'll kind of be like this ripple backwards of, oh, well, I found it at this jujitsu tournament. Well, I also found it at that jujitsu tournament. I also, in college, whenever I tried out for the baseball team, I felt it then. Oh, and then whenever I was younger. And so what happens is, is you start reliving or start re-experiencing all the past moments in which this occurred. And it'll go all the way back. And if you sit with it long enough and you're open to it and you allow this energy to move through you, you'll come to the original event. And my original event for this situation was actually sports related. Our baseball team didn't do something right. Like we were kind of goofing off, I think in, in practice or something. And I would have been in high school at the time. And 
I was the, the kind of the, I was the number four hitter, which is the best position on the team, the best hitter. And what happened was, is we were goofing off. And so he, the coach like lined us up against the wall to yell at us essentially, which is very psychologically damaging if nobody knows. And I didn't even realize this until I went back into that memory myself. And he basically goes down the list and it tells everybody, basically lectures everybody as to what they're doing wrong and why the team is failing because of them. And he gets to me. And instead of lecturing me, he praises me on something that I did well the last game. And then he also started praising me on how my work ethic in the gym was why I was batting fourth and all of this stuff. And it created this thought loop in my head that if I succeed and do well, other people are going to be punished for it. And so what happened after that, as the physical manifestation of this, for those who um, know baseball, up until this point in the season, I was batting 800, which means eight out of 10 times at bat, I got a hit, which for anyone who doesn't know, if you bat about 300 in the major leagues, you go into the hall of fame. And so after that happened, I batted 100 for the rest of the season because of this psychological imprint. And there were what I realized earlier was earlier imprints in my life where this actually, this trauma was also linked to. But this was like the first one that I was like, holy shit. <laughs> I was like, damn, this, this is, this is deep. And so, you know, through the process of healing, integration, letting the energy flow through you, I, you know, have made tremendous strides in realizing, you know, it's like, no, it's like, if you want the whole world to progress, it's not that you should do, you should allow people to win. It's like, you give them a false sense of security. You give them a false sense of ability. And so whenever things really go down, it's like, they're going to have this false understanding of the world around them. And so by me not showing up, it's like, you're, you're hurting them more. And yet as a kid, I got the exact opposite information. Oh, thank you for sharing that story. I think that really shows, you know, just the, the level of what can be stored in our bodies and how you can start remembering and, and how those memories start to really play out, you know, from that moment and moving all the way through your life until going back. Now I have kind of a two-part question for you. And, and one is, do you think we need to remember the event or do you think that we can go in and heal it from more of an emotional level or quantum level and release it at that. Yeah. And how can we begin to really heal that trauma from a quantum perspective? Sure. Never really thought of it that way. <laughs> so let me think about how I can articulate this. The, the question was essentially, do you need to have these memories in order to heal it? Is that, I guess, essentially the question? Yeah. Yeah. Probably not would be my first initial thought. The way I guess I would view it is kind of observing the energies that are happening within you. I'm not really sure. Um, because the way that I kind of look at it is that if these energies, th these energies, right, everything in this quantum field is energy from my laptop to the screen, to this microphone, to my body, to my dog that's underneath the desk, it's all just energy. So the way that I see it is that from an energetic perspective, this energy needed to be cultivated in your body or it needed to, you needed to have found a way to identify with this energy in some way, shape or form. Now, the question I think becomes is, are you able to learn the lesson without going back to previous memories? Probably not. But at the same time, where my mind's kind of going with this is that in order for you to actually kind of do something like, like I could tell somebody how to run a business. I could tell somebody like, you know, you need to have money here. You need to have, you know, these things lined up and there's infinite number of books that tell people how to run a business. However, if you never actually run a business, you don't know because you don't have the experience. So in a way it, it becomes kind of a chicken or egg situation where I think that these, these things wouldn't be occurring in your life if there was no memory attached to it. And I mean, new things can kind of come up, you know, if you're unaware of certain energies, right. And I go up to somebody and I yell at them or whatnot, and they've never been yelled at before, you know, they have no idea how to handle something like that because they've never experienced that energy. And so now it depends on if they hold on to that energy or they let it go through them or into a kind of just fully embody it, fully understand it. 
And so I think a lot of it comes from us resisting those energies, being taught that certain things are bad, or you shouldn't feel this way, or you shouldn't, you know, have these emotions, or you should repress certain emotions. And at the end of the day, emotion, which is energy in motion, you got to kind of keep it going in motion in order for you to understand the message, understand what's happening. And so, you know, is it possible? Sure. I mean, I guess I believe that nothing is impossible, but I'm not sure that you would be able to learn the lesson without going through it yourself. And so one of the things that I I was thinking about too, is that, you know, there's a lot of memories that can come from say pre-verbal or in utero, you know, and, and so we might pick up our, our parents' energy or, or, you know, something, you know, the feeling of unworthiness, you know, in utero or maybe even abandonment. I've, you know, read many stories about parental figures leaving at a very young age. And so you pick up that feeling of whatever your mother uh, or father was feeling, you know, as you were in utero or even from past lives. So we have all these energies and we might not always know where it comes from. And so that can also be stored in our DNA and our cellular memories. And so trying to find that memory can feel overwhelming, or maybe there might not be an exact traceable place, but to feel the energy from a quantum perspective might help to release that energy without recognizing where that came from. Sure. And as you were talking there, it actually kind of reminded me of something that I'm kind of going through with my current life right now is that, you know, it's almost like the whole universe is set up as like this gate system. And I have a crazy past life story. I mean, there is like an R version to it. So maybe we, (laughs) but (laughs) We'll, we'll keep that abstract for now. Um, (laughs) uh, But, you know, what, what I've kind of realized is that this whole life lesson thing is kind of set up like a gate system where, you know, you can't just jump to the last gate, you know, you kind of need to deal with the gates one at a time. And, you know, this past life has to do with like an Akashic record. And so it initially started like eight months ago. And then I ended up getting another let's say download from it, you know, within the most, within the last week. And so, you know, it's, it's this gate system of like, there's things you need to do that are unrelated to other things, quote unquote, but from quantum perspective, everything's related, right? But you think that they're unrelated. And so by kind of clearing out this way, it like opens up the next gate for you to kind of come to. And as a perfect example to this, it was probably about a month ago where I was trying to set up all of my like Google and Apple accounts for a an app that I'm launching with regards to my podcast. And I was getting blocked, like physically, technologically blocked from like uploading my ID, doing all these like different little things like with the account and started getting angry from it. <laughs> and so, you know, I kind of had this intuitive download that was like, just be patient. It's not the right time, blah, blah, blah. And so what occurred in this actually this last week, and it would have probably been on Monday actually, where, you know, I, I realized that a, a part of me, and we can get into how I figured this out. Cause that's even a, another crazy <laughs> modality. And what this block was, was regard to boundaries where I wasn't setting these finite boundaries with certain people asking me for help or how I was allocating my time and all these different things, uh, you know, with past girlfriends even. And, and so it's so funny because I recognized that it was like, oh, boundaries. It's like I needed permission essentially from the universe to start enforcing boundaries. And we can get into how that all played out if you'd like. But by forcing my, or at least establishing a boundary with, you know, the amount of time that I'm giving to certain people who slide into the DMs or even a boundary in place with an ex-girlfriend, I, I enabled, let's say two of these boundaries. And then all of this stuff flew just flew, just absolutely accelerated with my app. I like all the way from actually signing up for the accounts to actually getting like essentially to as far as I could go. It happened within 
24 hours. And it was so crazy to me because every step of the way, there was probably like five steps and each one kept saying like, it'll take five to seven days to do this. I needed to get a certain Dunn's number in order to sign up with Apple. It's going to take quote unquote, five to seven days. I got it within three hours. And then I signed up with Apple with that. And they were like, okay, it's going to take 24 to 48 hours for this Dunn's number to go through. And some little inspiration in me was like, I'm going to try it in like three hours. And so I did. And then Apple called me a day later or not even a day later, an hour later saying, Hey, like we want to set up a call to just, can we just confirm all this information you gave us? And I'm like, yeah, sure. (laughs) And (laughs) there's a company I'm working with for the app. And I was like, Hey man, like just want to let you know, I got all this done. And he's like, what do you mean you got all this done? I'm like, yeah, I I got the Duns number. I have the account set up. Like it's all good. And he's like, he's like, that doesn't make sense. Like this usually takes two months for people to go through this process. And I'm like, I don't know what to tell you, man. Like (laughs) here it is. And he's like, he starts looking at my account and stuff. And he's like, Oh man, he's like, you have it all done. He's like, that's, that's wild. He's like it to him. He's just kind of confused by it. And to me, I'm just like, I'm like, yep. Like that's, that's kind of the way the universe works. (laughs) Yeah. I love that story of how it attests to this like flow of energy. And when we're aligned, when we've like, whether it's quote unquote, learn the lesson or have been open to receiving, that universe just says, okay, now, now it's time to go and it's effortless. And I always, I always love those moments when it, and then people are always surprised, right? They're right. like, how, how did you, how is that possible? And I mean, we explain it, but then in the same breath, it's like, but it just was so easy. And so I love those synchronistic moments and stories because it's at least proof to ourselves that there is a greater guiding force um, than our own small minds, right? (laughs) It's absolutely incredible. And yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. (laughs) So kind of continuing this story of like flow and, and universe, I'm curious on your website, you talk a lot about discovering your life's purpose. And so how does that intertwine? How does having this universal flow and also the discovery of purpose or Dharma, whatever a person wants to call it, like how, how do those intersect? It's a good question. And, you know, I believe that our entire universe is very paradoxical in a sense, you know, it's these ideas of, well, time's an illusion, but you know, time's also real at the same time. You know, it's like, we can look at our phones and agree on a certain time, but if it's an illusion, then how are we able to agree on a time at all? You know, it's this idea that we're all, let's say instances of the higher source, whatever you want to call it, God source, you know, divinity, we're all little microcosms of it. But at the same time we had to, it, needed to separate in order for us to experience ourselves. So to get back to your question, you know, from a paradoxical lens, you know, I have kind of chosen the words life purpose is because people who are going to come across it, I believe, you know, we're all searching for the thing that's going to make us fulfilled, the thing that's going to, you know, kind of unlock us to that next level of our life. And so by saying it's finding your life's purpose, you kind of ironically find that you're you find your life's purpose kind of like in the now moment, kind of in this present moment of, of just being, you know, it's like, like what would energize you the most, you know, it, and, you know, once you have kind of cleared those blockages, once you've kind of come in and reconciled what is coming from an egoic standpoint, you know, am I doing this for my ego? Am I doing this for others? You know, even that balance, you start to realize what you're able to, how you're able to harness your skills and push them in kind of the, service towards others and like for you as well. You know, it's like that level of helping others and helping yourself at the same time. And so, you know, again, the answer is a little paradoxical where it's kind of just understanding this flow, you know, it's taking this idea of like, there's this one purpose. And, you know, I think this might be of how kind of I was brought up to believe, you know, there's, there's one thing you're going to do for your entire life and you're just going to do it. And for me, that was software engineering, because whenever I went to call, when I was in high school, I was absolutely gravitated towards learning about coding. And so to me, I was like, all right, I know computers are the future. I know that I enjoy learning about this, so I'm just going to do it. And so I did it. I went all the way through college, got a bachelor in computer engineering. Um, And then when I got to the workforce, it was nothing like learning about it, which I found absolutely fascinating how (laughs) there's a difference between enjoying learning about something and then enjoying actually doing something. (laughs) 
So, you know, that's take that for whoever's still in college, like make sure, well, I guess don't make sure, but just, just double check that you would actually enjoy doing the whole process because, you know, for software engineering, and I think they talk about this with majority of jobs with software engineering, learning how to code is maybe 35 ish percent of the actual job. You know, there's just so many other things from helping others, which is a big one, understanding how to communicate, writing documentation, you know, coding is about 30%. And so it's also the act of actually doing it as opposed to learning it. And I feel like I'm getting off topic from what, oh, life's purpose. And so the point of the matter is, is like, I found myself in a point where I was no longer enjoying the way that I was enjoying my life, which was software engineering, but the educate the social conditioning that I was brought up with was, well, you figure out what you want to do in your twenties and you do that for the rest of your life. Well, if I'm not enjoying what I spent the last 10 years of my life learning how to do, you know, how, how long am I going to keep doubling down on that? And so I, I did it long enough to know that that's not what I wanted to do, that that was something that was just, okay, I enjoy the communication aspect. And this is actually a side business. I'm kind of starting where I'll facilitate being the mediary. So I can take essentially what I call the left side of the brain, which is kind of like the CEO types and connect them with the right side of the brain, the logic types, which are the engineers. And I can be that mediary that says, you know, they're looking for this and this is how you would implement it from a software perspective. And without going too deep into that rabbit hole, the whole point is, is that your life purpose is like, it's kind of like a, almost an onion or kind of like a a butter uh, caterpillar effect where, you know, you could be a caterpillar your whole life chewing on, you know, plants and whatnot. And then the next minute you wake up and you're actually flying through the air. And so, you know, it's this evolutionary stage. I mean, you know, it, it, I'll be honest, it's a little bit quote unquote unjust to say your life's purpose, but it, you know, you're, you're kind of finding that in the present moment, you know, it, it's something that's just going to keep ever evolving. It's not like people go through my course and then okay, here's what you're going to do for the rest of your life. I mean, if I believe that if someone actually comes out of my course and thinks that, then I probably have failed a little bit in what I, what I've done, because I don't see that as being the way that it actually carries out. And quite frankly, it's a little bit more of terminology to get people in because of the societal conditioning that we've kind of imposed from the idea that there's one thing you need to do for your entire life. I, I totally agree because I mean, you know, when I started out doing, you know, years ago is evolved so much and my interests and who I am, my being has evolved. And like you use that analogy all the time with the onion, you know, you're, you're always peeling back the layers of the onion and diving deeper into your truth. And, you know, you're always evolving, you know, what are parents, grandparents, you know, were brought up as, you know, you go to school, get a job, you do that, you know, you work for your mm -hmm. pension basically until you retire. And, and that's just not how things are anymore. So there's, I think things are evolving as our consciousness on this planet is rising and we're all kind of being called to step into these deeper truths and deeper meanings we have for our lives. And I think that's 100%. just an essential thing to recognize that, you know, it's okay. It's okay that we don't have to know what we're going to do in 50 years. What we're doing now does not have to be what we, you know, have to do for the rest of our lives, you know, so that, that the energy of making that decision doesn't have to be so black and white like it has been. Exactly. And yeah, that's a huge paradigm that I think is starting to kind of dissipate in society. And something that I was thinking about as you were talking there, and this is kind of like a new idea that I've been messing around with where I'd be interested to hear what you guys think of this is where, you know, I personally believe like anything's impossible. I've seen enough stuff in my life where anything from, they call it cloud bursting, where you can like literally get rid of clouds with your mind to telekinesis, to, you know, people moving foil to electrokinesis where people are able to like, just use their mind to change, you know, uh, what would you call it? Just like to like lightning or lightning or like electricity essentially. And I've always kind of wondered like, okay, I, I personally believe that anything is possible, right? Like I, Clayton Kuteri believes anything is possible. So why am I not able to physically fly? And this kind of idea has kind of started propagating where 
I believe, and this kind of goes back to the gate system where I have my own personal gate system of things that I need to check off before I can unlock the next level or the next evolution or the next psychic ability, for instance. I think that mechanism also works at a conscious level or at a global conscious level where, you know, you take the mass consciousness of earth as a whole or of humans as a whole, and we can only like, there's a limit to the amount of stuff that we can actually do or create or perceive because of the limitations of the, the level of human consciousness at a whole. And so there's like this interpersonal level, but then there's also like, okay, you're kind of confined to these two different gate systems in a sense. I actually love that concept, this collective consciousness. Actually recently read, and I can't remember where the article is from, is how as a collective, you know, we can also like, I mean, they always say we can move mountains, but that we can control weather and climate. And so there was, the study essentially was like people in countries where there's a lot of oppression and there's a lot of just more, I would say, negative vibration that their weather would have more negative outcomes. So they would have more tsunamis and tornadoes. And the, the premise was basically, well, because of the sort of community mindset is that they're affecting the weather patterns. And I really had to sit with that because I was like, yeah. well, maybe. I, I mean, it's kind of those one of those things that I guess we don't know on a rational level, but I'd be really curious to see if, you know, I always think humans are way more powerful than what we give ourselves credit for. And so that's why, you know, for my own like personal mindset practices, I have to really look at like, okay, is this... Is this show that I'm watching? Is the social media scrolling that I'm doing? Is it attributing to elevating my, whether I call it mindset or, you know, what I want to co-create in this world? Because it's so easy to get distracted. And oh, it, yeah. It's so easy to get bogged down by the fear and negativity. And so we're like, we need each other as a higher consciousness um, to, to evolve and to bring out what we do want to see in this planet. Yeah. I mean, to your first point about the weather, there's interesting studies where they've done that is kind of showing the opposite where they'll have like mass meditations and, you know, people will meditate on a certain area and they will see dramatic, like scientifically, what's the word scientifically probability, probability is significant scientifically significant data. I'm trying to remember the phrase here, but <laughs> it's like scientific, geez, I can't speak right now about this. Statistically, statistically significant data that shows that crime has dropped because a mass amount of people meditated on these certain areas. And as a personal, and then to touch on your social media thing, as a personal thing, recently, and this actually, <laughs> ironically enough, whenever I hit that place of um, those boundaries. Another thing that I saw is that my TikTok actually started to blow up a little bit. I mean, you know, it's nothing crazy. It's, you know, maybe a thousand people, but I went from like a hundred followers to, I think like I'm at 14,000 or no, 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 no. A hundred to like 1400. So like a 1400% increase or 14,000% increase in a week. And what happened was, is I noticed myself now looking at TikTok more, looking at the the notifications popping up, looking at, you know, the little, the little things. And I caught myself having this thought of like, well, why am I, why is this only getting this many? Why is that only getting that many? And it was like, dude, like this is another lesson. It's like, look how much time you're putting on worrying about these artificial validation is what I call it. Fake validation that is, you know, just illuminating your screen, these, these more numbers, you want more numbers already. It's like, you know, if you look at my growth rate, it's like a thousand percent increases on like, like shares, comments, followers in the last week. And it's like, dude, that's like, and yet I'm criticizing it. It's like, if you have a thousand percent increase in anything over a week duration, like you deserve to celebrate. <laughs> and going back to your point and what you were talking about before, when you were you know, around those boundaries and, you know, what you went through when you were having those blocks. I'm just wondering if you can offer our listeners maybe any tools or, or things that helped you 
to move through some of those blocks to kind of move that energy to help with some of that flow and and getting your I'm sorry I forgot what you were you were working with the iTunes and and things and and the TikTok listeners and so moving that energy how like what what were some of the tools that you used Sure and I'll give you like a little bit more of a meta answer because if we go back to my gate example, you know, the gate that I was at was setting boundaries. Yet if I, I could give you an hour of material on why you should set, set boundaries, but if somebody is not at the gate of setting boundaries, then it's going to be useless to them. So what you need to figure out is like, what gate are you at? Which gate is going to unlock this next evolution of your awakening of your process? And it kind of comes back to the earlier part in our conversation where you got to listen. I mean, you got to listen to yourself and you got to listen to what the universe is telling you, right? So if everything is interconnected through quantum entanglement, which we'll also go back to, then everything I'm looking at is a direct reflection of everything that I've embodied up to this moment. The fact that I'm being interviewed on the Be The Love podcast is a direct reflection of the last 28 years of my life and every single effort and thing and challenge and sacrifice. It's like, I didn't get here just like, I didn't just wake up and was like, oh, I'm going to be on Be The Love. I mean, you know, that that did happen, but you got to look at it on this time frame. So I'm kind of digressing here. The point is, is that I would suggest people to pay attention to their outer world and their inner world. You know, inner world being emotions and outer world being, what is the universe telling you? What are signs? What are some synchronicity? Synchronicity is a huge one. Uh, if it's anything from as small as you know, seeing certain numbers. Maybe you should Google what that number means to you. Anything from that to seeing certain flowers to overhearing conversations of people walking by and feeling how those things resonate within you. And then your inner world being is like, how are you reacting to those things? And I would highlight that you should look for your reaction into lower vibrational emotions, such as, what is it? It's like fear, grief, anger, apathy, shame, and guilt. So those are huge. Those are huge in, of the, of the, in and of themselves. So if there's something in your life that keeps reoccurring, this comes back to our conversation about the lesson, keeps reoccurring. If there's a struggle that keeps reoccurring, you need to examine that. You need to examine, and this is where I teach that you go into your body, you feel exactly where that energy is, and you just allow it to be. You can give it a name, you can identify with it, but well, don't identify with it, but <laughs> give it a name, but allow that energy to move through you. Realize that it's not you and realize that that energy is not loving to your highest self. And instead that energy is being there to teach you that lesson that you're struggling to learn. And, you know, you could, I mean, you know, it depends how aware you are, but you could really figure that out within 20, the next 24 hours of, of this podcast. And it, here's your challenge. If you really want to be challenged on this, I got you literally say out loud, universe, I want to be shown what my next gate is in the context of what we're discussing it to be here, you know, and the universe will say, okay. And then within the next 24 hours, you're going to experience shame, guilt, fear, you know, and, and I'm not, and I don't want to say this to make anybody afraid, but it's a, it's a challenge. I mean, I'm, I'm saying it in order for people to welcome in the challenge of now, you know, where these emotions are coming from. And you'll be like, holy shit, like, you know, this is the 15th time in the last week that I felt this emotion or something, or all of these emotion related to Carol from HR, you know, and you will then be able to kind of like we talked about earlier, meditate on where that energy is coming from, feel that energy through your body. And then, you know, you could take actionable steps from there, but, you know, awareness, I mean, just, just the awareness is so huge in of itself. That's like 90% of the battle is figuring out where and wh why and how these things are occurring in your life. Mm -hmm. yeah, and I love that practice. Yeah, just the awareness is key. And that's a lot of times with my own students, I, I won't ask them, why do you feel a certain way, but where? Like, where, mm. where do you feel it? And because our body is an amazing communicator. And when we, you know, stop the judgments of, oh, I don't like this sensation or I don't like that, but just sit with it like you mentioned, and be present with it without labeling it a certain way, the energy is then open to move. And so that, yeah, that's a great practice that I think anyone can do. And it can be a challenge for sure. Because when we ask universe and we're serious about it and be like, 
I mean, evolution shows up and it's not always pretty and unicorns and rainbows. Mm -hmm. It's sometimes it can, it can really, you know, strike a chord with us. Oh, and I think, I think that's the point because again, it's one of those things that you can't understand the utility of it until you move past it or until you integrate it or until you feel the shift within you. Like, and you know, this is comes to kind of like polarity in a sense where, and this is kind of the age old Christian or age old question in Christianity or in Catholicism. It's like, you know, well, if God exists, then why is there all this suffering? And it's, you know, partially in point, it's like, there's no way for us to interpret what joy and prosperity and peace is if we don't have suffering and war and, and poverty, like you, there is no correlation. Wealth and poverty are kind of on the same spectrum and you can't really have, well, this gets into a little bit of a nuanced answer, but you can't experience or can't understand one without the other. So, and this kind of comes back to our whole business thing is I can, I can use all the world's words I could possibly tell you about what wealth is, what poverty is, but if you don't experience it yourself, you have no idea what it is. Yeah. And just to recognize too, just to go back and, and to, you know, how much empowerment we really have with the, you know, with the emotions that we, that come up and the experiences we have, things don't happen to us. They happen for us. And mm. energy is, you know, emotions are energy and everything is energy. And we can just take time to tune into that, to feel it and help release it. So we're, very sovereign beings in that way. And, and in all ways, really. A hundred percent. Yeah. And there's no better test of free will than the fact that you have the option to ask that question. You have the option to ask the universe, all right, show me what my next gate is. Like, show me what the next thing I need to tackle is. And, and quite frankly, this is the crazy thing. And if you're ready for a paradox of the world, that gate could be patience. Cause that's something with me where if the universe just tells me what to do, I'll do it. I'll be like, Oh, you want me to throw this stick at a car? Well, I, did, I actually, <laughs> it's funny because they actually did tell me to do that once. And I was like, uh, no, I was like, that's not going to happen. And it was like, okay, like you're learning, like, you know, better. <laughs> but my point being though, is that like your patience can be your gate as well. And it's a huge one for me where it's like, oh, okay, cool. I just, I just did the, um, what were we talking about? The, uh, the boundaries thing. I figured it out. I implemented it. I knew how to do it. Like, what's my next gate? And it's like patient. And it's like, it's like, no, I don't want to be patient. It's like, yeah, that's exactly why you need to be patient. <laughs> and so the universe works in this whole like orchestrated divine timing kind of system, you know, it's, and that's a big lesson that I've also learned in my life is the idea of divine timing. You know, there's a reason that we're hosting this podcast today at this hour, at this time, as opposed to doing it a week ago. I mean, had we done it a week ago, the conversation would have been completely different because we would not be talking about boundaries in this whole Apple situation. So, you know, that's a huge thing that I've even been learning in my life, even with bringing on my own guests who want to do it, but don't have the time. And it's, it's an internal lesson of just like, all right, like, it's cool. We'll do it whenever we need to do it. Whenever the universe most accurately aligns the stars in a sense for lack of a better colloquial in order for us to produce the best possible thing for the masses. Mm. Well, speaking of timing, uh, we are <laughs> going to wrap up Clayton. I, that, that works segues well. Um, so <laughs> please one. tell our uh, listeners where they can find you and what you're currently working on. Yeah. Traveling to consciousness, traveling to consciousness.com. You can find the apps, uh, you can find me on TikTok, Instagram, all the fun stuff. Twitter, I think I'm on Twitter. I'm still kind of trying to focus on TikTok and Instagram, but yeah, I'm also going to have an app out soon. So I'm not sure when this episode will drop, but uh, let's just assume, go check out the app store for traveling to consciousness app. Yeah. And I'm just going to set up a bunch of what I'm working on right now is to set up like a bunch of different memberships. So and this could be honestly, maybe a direction you guys take your podcast or something where you know, I'm going to start putting ads in my actual podcast that I release on like iTunes and Spotify, but then actually set up a portal where they can get the podcast for free or ad free, but then pay like a monthly subscription. And then they're also able to, what's the word I'm looking for here? Oh, get like digital courses, certain different types of access to group calls, group manifestation type stuff. And so hopefully within the next week, that app will actually be live. So I would say what's today, May 20th. So you know, I'd say look within the next week for the traveling to consciousness app. And yeah, I hope to see you guys there. I mean, 
you know, I, this was an amazing conversation. I, you know, if you guys are looking for more amazing conversations, come over to my stuff a little bit longer, but I can, I can definitely tell that uh, Brenda and Stacy are, I know you guys are creating an amazing audience. So I'd be honored if even just one person checked out my show. Beautiful. Beautiful. Absolutely. And we will put all of that in our show notes and so people can easily find you and your show and everything you're currently working on. And thank you, Clayton, so much for being here today with us and sharing this space for having this beautiful conscious conversation. Love it. I'm all for the conscious conversations and yeah, I'll I'll definitely plug you guys uh, best I can on my socials and whatnot. So thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. And thank you for listening to Be The Love Podcast. If you've enjoyed listening to our show, please share the love by sharing it with your friends, giving us a five-star written review on iTunes or liking us on Facebook. And please consider supporting our mission to awaken our souls with special guest interviews and speak the love conscious conversations with your co-hosts, myself and Brenda. A monthly donation of $2.22 or $5.55 really helps with the operating costs of this podcast so we can continue to spread the love. To contribute, visit our Patreon website at patreon.com forward slash be the love podcast. And stay tuned for more episodes being released on Mondays and Thursdays at 5.55 a.m. Mountain Time. Thank you, Heatherlyn, for providing us with your beautiful song to accompany our show, Be the Love. If you would like to learn more about Heatherlyn and her music, please visit her website at heatherlynmusic.com. And thank you, Christy Grace at Leading Edge Productions for the beautiful design and graphic. And thank you for tuning in. And until next time, we are souls on the journey to align to our divine purpose and shine our lights. So keep on shining. (laughs) 